And my favorite part of these comic books is the ads. Okay, we can look at some of the ads. Yeah, we can look at some of the ads. I'll go through some of my old Superman comic books and just, like, not even get invested in the story and just read the ads. Well, that's because because the the stories had... um, Those old Superman comics are, like, old enough that they had Hostess ads in them. So Hostess Fruit Pies. Yes. Like, there's one where... um, the Joker's doing something, and he's about to explode all the hostess fruit pies in Gotham City or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then the police stop him, and they offer him a hostess fruit pie, and he's like, I don't even like hostess fruit pies. That's, like, what I would imagine his voice is like. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, wow, you are... And then the cops are like, wow, you are insane. Ha, ha, ha. And then, like, I just imagine a laugh track playing, and then it just goes, the end. And yes. The credits roll. Yeah, it's a, Back to the bin. So, hello and welcome to a special guest episode of Back to the Bins. I'm Tom Panneries, and you are... Brett Panneries. Yep, so we're sitting in for, for Paul, Bill, and Scott this time around, and... Uh, if you want to hear us, or at least me most of the time, talk, uh, you can go over on the Two True Freaks Network to Pop Culture Affidavit, where uh, I cover all sorts of comics, movies, TV shows, and music. I also have uh, two other shows on the network. One is In Country, which is all about the Marvel Comics series The Nom, which by the time this comes out is about to wrap up completely. And... Required reading with Tom and Stella, where Stella and I take a look at a work of literature every month and review it. Um, but this is us, and, and Brett's been on, you've been on my show before, usually in the Baltimore Comic Con episodes. Yeah, but I've been on, um, like, I think a Universal Harry Potter episode. Yes. Which, I think that was the first time I was on here. Mm-hmm. Because I was just, because I was just reading you, comics in my room, yeah. and you just... You were on, no, you were on my, back a few years ago, I did one on all these different DC comics, and you were on a couple of times when I was looking at, like, silly comics like Looney Tunes, uh. and that big Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer Treasury, mm. um, which I sold on eBay for a few dollars, which was nice, and uh, I think we looked at a couple of Funny Animals comics and stuff, but you were, you were a little younger, um, but no, the big, the big thing you do with me every year is... Um, the Baltimore Comic Con. And I was also on that Zelda episode. Yeah, that hasn't come out yet. But yeah, you oh. and I recorded an episode about The Legend of Zelda that is probably going to come out in November. Then I went on like a 30-minute tangent. Yeah, I haven't edited that yet. But no, it's it's okay. We don't... The tangents are something that you're, all, you're always going to get in podcasts. No, yeah. that, that'll be out in November because we're going to do our Baltimore Comic Con episode first. And um, you've been going to the con, you, and so we're going to preview that a little bit. You're, you've been you've been going to the convention with me for the last, um, I think it's like four years now, right? Yeah. Because you went as because you've worn a costume every year except for last year you didn't wear a costume. I was gonna go as Naven from Amulet, but I would have had to. It's weird because he wears like 
different outfits because it's uh -huh. supposed to be for different days. So for one of the outfits, I didn't really see the cover correctly. I had the right shirt, but it would have had to be long sleeved and I would have had to wear like khakis, but it's pants. Mm -hmm. And like, I was thinking, and then it's funny because I could have just taken a white shirt and colored it to make it look like the shirt he's wearing in the newest issue, but that came out after Comic-Con, oh, okay. I'm pretty sure. Usually you wore your, your previous year's Halloween costume. Yeah, but my Finn costume did yeah, not so this, fit. I think this will be your fourth year, because you did... Darth Vader was your first year. Yeah. And you were on TV. Yeah, but wearing um, nobody, a mask. You were wearing the mask, nobody was you, and then um, you were Captain America... What's funny was that you, um, and all the pictures you have, you have like one picture of you with Captain America with a mask on because the mask was like really tight so you didn't wear it. So you basically walked around with as Captain America like in all the scenes where Steve Rogers isn't wearing yeah. his mask. And then... Um, but if you Google Brett Panneries... Oh, really? It's like the first few pictures are pop culture affidavit and... Uh -huh. The picture of me with the person dressed up as Captain Marvel and the person dressed up yeah, as Captain America. that's a cool picture. Me in that picture, and then it's just a bunch of things from your podcast. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's good. There's nothing else weird out there, or there's not another Brett Panneries out there. Well, there are. There's just uh, it's just okay. a bunch of different pictures of people. Uh, okay. And then, um, so yeah. So this will be your fourth year, and you went uh, for Halloween. You went as Link last yeah. year, and if that costume still fits. Um, you're going to try to wear it and, like and, and carry the master sword and everything. Because um, you have a master sword and everything. Yeah. So you're going to, and you can bring your sword and shield this time for like the full cosplay yeah. thing. Maybe we'll even try the ears. But if it doesn't work, you just wear a shirt. And I figured out a way I think I can wear the shield as a backpack. Oh, cool. Because the straps are adjustable. Right. So I could just bring like a string backpack, put the shield over that, make the straps go out mm -hmm. really long, mm -hmm. and just have the shield sort of covering the. Okay. And with my sword, I figured out a way to buckle that into the belt. Oh, okay. So I really wouldn't have to hold much, because, like, on Halloween, I didn't carry the shield because I had to carry my bucket. And this year, I'm going to try and go as the Flash. Oh, for Halloween? Yeah. Cool. Which would actually work perfectly for Comic-Con. But I'm going to try and find a costume that's not, like, bright red. We'll have to see what they have. Yeah. All right, so when we go to the convention, you get you usually get a mystery box... Because mm -hmm. you got what? You got the Steven Universe one one year? The uh, Pokemon, that was last year. Yeah, the Pokemon one the year before. And this year... Was... It, and we got Aunt Nancy. and Uncle, Aunt Nancy, we got the Bob Ross mystery box. <laughs> yes. Um, this year, we'll see what they... I guess we'll see what they have. I was thinking of maybe getting a Harry Potter box. Okay. Or it's yeah. uber expensive, but this is... I mean, I know I probably wouldn't be able to get it, but I want to get it. They have this giant box that looks like a Game Boy. Okay. And it's like a hundred dollars. Yeah, that's too expensive for a mystery box. If they had like a Zelda box, that'd be pretty cool to see. I'm pretty sure I saw one yeah. where it is like dark green with the Triforce on it. Okay, we'll have but, to see there. And then we have, um, and then we'll probably spend because we're not spending like the whole day there this time because we 
we have some some other plans that evening. But um, so my standing in line for creators to sign stuff will probably be reduced to maybe three people who I know yeah. I'm definitely going to be able to walk up to. And my searching for a poster will be scouting a poster and then running yeah. for it. Well, also, we might be able, since we don't have to run around to creators, we might be able to look for more like back issues and graphic novels and posters. Um, I know that a couple of people we met last year who are who are friends of the you know, of, of mine or friends of the yeah. show or whatever are going to be there. So we'll see them in addition to that, you know, to those things. So, so it'll be, I think it'll be pretty cool and casual. Um, if, if anybody here is listening, uh, is interested in the Baltimore comic con, it's the, if this aired after it, um, it was October, the weekend of October 18th, 19th. Uh, so it's, it's around the same time, September, October, every year, the ticket price is about 30, I think it was like 37 bucks for the for the Saturday ticket, so it's not too bad of a ticket. Uh, it's a really solid comic book focused yeah. show. There's sometimes there are media guests, but they're a little off to the side, and you know there's there's comics, there's toys, and everything. There's just a huge section of people selling stuff, and then there's a lot of like really solid creators. And um, we're gonna be there. We're gonna be there. <laughs> there's usually a few people there who who uh, who listen to some of the podcasts that that you know I do or I listen to. And um, you can actually find parking pretty well. Uh, granted, I had to. I paid about fifteen bucks to park all day in a garage right around the corner. But it's 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 in downtown it's Baltimore. It. Yeah, it's in downtown Baltimore in the Inner Harbor, right near uh, right at the convention center, which is right across from Oriole Park at Camden Yards. So if you're interested in going, um, I, I do recommend it. It's a really fun show. We both we both have really enjoyed it. But we have two comics uh, this time around. Uh, each of us just grab them out of our out of the the collections that we have, and um, we're gonna we're gonna review them, and then we're gonna follow up by talking about the books that like what we're both interested. in, The books we're buying now, the books that we were buying, you know, then. And um, I have the first one. I chose this because I was trying to think about what I was reading or what I was interested in when I was around your age. You know, the comics I was buying back then. Now this this actually came out in. Um, this came out when I was actually in, uh, in, in 1997, so I was actually 20 when this came out, but the character is somebody who really got me back into, really got me into collecting comics in 19, when he first popped up in 1990, and that's Robin. So this is Robin issue 45. Um, the cover date is September 1997. The release date was July 30th, 1997. The cover price was $1.95. Uh, the credits for the issue are Chuck Dixon was the writer, Staz Johnson and Bob Smith were the artists, Adrian Rose the colorist, Tim Harkins letterer, Jordan B. Gorfinkel, associate editor. Yeah, that is his actual real name, I think. And then Denny O'Neill was your editor. The title is Grounded. So I'm going to go ahead and read the summary. After the events of the previous issue where Tim Drake and his girlfriend Ariana were caught about to do something they shouldn't have been doing, Tim's dad tells him that he is grounded. He is sent to his room and told he can't leave the house, which means that he also can't go out as Robin. When he's in his room, he turns on television and he sees the news that there is a robbery in progress at a check cashing store that has now become a hostage situation. As he's watching the news, he thinks that he recognizes someone, but he can't get a clear look and figure out if he's right because his dad's girlfriend, Dana, walks in 
and wants to talk to him about what happened. Tim explains what happened. He was hanging out with Ariana and she came on to him and she seemed like she wanted to have sex with him. He says that he thought that they were moving too fast. He thinks that something happened to Ariana to make her suddenly want to do it. And he's really confused and making things worse is that they were caught by her uncle who, as Tim says, was out to kill him. Now he's grounded. Dana tells Tim to give his dad some time to cool off and maybe he'll listen to him. She leaves the room and Tim starts watching the news again, but now they're talking about the weather. He decides to see if he can reach Batman. He calls Wayne Manor and talks to Alfred, who says that Batman is out. Tim says that he thinks that someone on the FBI hot sheets is involved in a robbery. Alfred says that he'll try to get in touch with Batman, but he can't guarantee that he'll be able to get a hold of him. Tim then calls the police, but he's blown off by someone named Inspector Hendricks in Major Crimes. The news switches back to the hostage standoff, and we see that a woman is about to be released. Tim tries to call the Huntress, but only gets her answering machine. He then calls Stephanie Brown, who's also known as the Spoiler. She was in the previous issue, and Tim saved her from being buried alive. It was so serious, in fact, that she actually thinks she might quit being the Spoiler because she's kind of scared of what had happened to her. Tim hangs up and thinks about how he likes Stephanie, which is probably going to complicate things with Ariana. His dad then comes into the room and tries to talk to him, but Tim is distracted by the news. So Tim's dad yells at him, rips the television out of the wall, and takes away all of his electronics. We see what happened at the robbery by cutting back to Stephanie, who's laying on her couch and watching the news. The gunmen release a pregnant woman and the crisis goes on. The next morning, Tim has to mow the lawn, but he isn't able to listen to his disc man. Do you know what a disc man is? Is it like a Walkman? Yeah, but it plays CDs. Yeah. Yeah, these were, these were common in the 90s. But you had to get like the right one because if you were walking around with your disc man and you weren't careful, that the, it would jostle and the disc would skip oh. <laughs> or, or would reset or something they weren't really reliable i, I had hmm. one at one point i think i stole aunt nancy's wait did walkman or discman come first walkman came first because walkman's had uh cassette tapes ah. you have an ipod you have a phone <laughs> i have an you, iphone you have an iphone <laughs> my I have an iPod. ipod has not been charged in like yeah well you might want to charge it there kid <laughs> anyway tim's almost hit by a golf ball that came from his neighbor bruce wayne they talk about, they talk and Bruce tells him how the hostage crisis ended the previous night. The pregnant woman was actually a criminal, criminal named Lester Labor Pain. Get it? Oh, Fake God. pregnancy, yeah, just, labor, pain, yeah. yeah. And the pregnancy he was hiding was actually all of the cash. So he stuffed all the money under his shirt and dressed up as a woman to make it look like he was pregnant so he could yeah. get out of the and, and get away but batman caught him and brought him in tim's glad that the crook was caught but he's still annoyed that he's grounded now the end of the issue sets up a future story where a villain named the general talks to uh, a kid named ali ben kadir who is the grand rafi of the karuka emirate uh, another country uh, country in the middle east about being his defense advisor and the general was this Batman villain uh, that was introduced, I think, about like four years earlier, where he is like obsessed with the military. And what he does is, he, in the story I remember reading, he ends up like taking over all of Gotham's gang and turning them all into like his private army. So he's kind of this like like crazy kid who you know commands armies or whatever. So having a kid like that face off against Robin, I guess, is the that that'll come later. But. Um, the story was supposed to be what they called self-contained. That's why on the cover they have this one-of-one yep. storyline. Because there were a lot of stories around this time that either 
were like several issues long or crossed over into other titles. So you would have a story where not you didn't just have to buy Robin, but you had to buy Batman, Detective Comics, Catwoman, Robin, Nightwing, and it was like part one, part two, part three, part four, and you were spending like, you know, it ran like for a couple of months, you were spending like all this money on a, a really long story that ran through several titles. But for a little while, they went back to like, okay, one story per issue. So is that why the CW does their crossovers that way? Oh, yeah, yeah. Part of it is a way to, to bring a lot of different characters into something so you can see like how they interact with each other. And in a big way, it's to get you to spend more money on comic books. Mm. And then maybe if you like that crossover, you'll like the style of the comic, and then you'll start reading that comic. And Pretty much. <laughs> You've heard of the X-Men? Yeah. Yeah, so that's why I read the X-Men for maybe like three years back when I was in high school, and um, or junior high and high school, and I stopped reading because every time I turned around, you had to, they hit another crossover like that. So you were buying like four books that you didn't usually buy. And I didn't have a lot of money to spend on comics. And I wanted to spend more stuff on, more money on DC comics. So I just stopped reading the X-Men because oh. I was like, I wasn't getting anything out of it. So the cover is mostly black and white, except Robin is in color. With this hysterical expression on yeah, his he's face. Yeah, he's just kind of like, he, he's, he's moving toward the end of the cover, so he's moving from left to right in the action, and, and behind him are all the, and he's just kind of like, you know, smiling, and he's got his bow staff, and he's beating up, like, all these basic, like, thugs. Yeah. I think the cover artist is, Jason, is named Jason Pearson, because I, uh, I can see the signature. It looks familiar. What do you think of the cover? I like it. Um, I find it kind of funny that you can sort of see that if, it, I know it's like a freeze frame, but you can see that there's a bunch of stuff about to happen, like a knife is going right for this dude's leg and this guy's about to drop a gun right near Robin's bow staff, which could hit the trigger, shoot this guy, this guy could, this guy's already falling over, this guy could fall into this guy, and then everyone would just land mm -hmm. on the ground. I do like how this one guy's glasses are all messed up, he's sticking his tongue out, and he has, like, a cartoon lump on his head yeah. with stars yeah. around it, that's pretty funny. You know, I like it too, I like, I like that they're all in black and white, and they all look like, you know, he, they, these are like, punk thug type people but these guys are like wearing suits and ties like they're like i don't know mafia hitmen or something yeah. um i think the only drawback is that this has nothing to do with the story inside the yeah um in fact the first page of the comic they call this we call this a splash page is it's almost like a second cover because the first cover the first page is tim standing almost like in a spotlight looking up and his dad's finger is just pointing at him and that's the title of the story grounded it's like in yeah. big letters so it's it's almost like the real the actual cover to the story is the first page, but and there's also a fold in that yeah. it did. Yeah, this it's kind of a um, this is also kind of like a almost like a poster or a pinup. Yeah. So what grade would you give the uh, what would you give the cover? I think I'd give it a solid A minus, I guess, because the minus is for the drawback of it not being really related to the story. Yeah, that's the same that's the same grade I would give it. I think it's a really, really good cover. This is one of the few Batman titles I was like I read consistently for quite a while, but this was one of my favorite covers of it because of the black and white versus the color Robin. But you're right, it has nothing to do with the story, so we'll knock off a point of that. Yeah. Alright, so what did you think of the story itself? 
I thought it was pretty good. Um, I'm glad that you gave me the context of the previous issue because mm-hmm. I was sort of able to piece together some stuff because like, but like other than that, I, I don't really read many Batman comics. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Um, it's sh- but like so I was like, who are these people? Yeah, that's a good point. And then like I'm also used to um Dick Grayson being Robin. Mm-hmm. So when they said Tim Drake, I was like. Okay, that makes more sense. Because isn't Dick Grayson Nightwing now? Yeah, he's Nightwing yeah. at this point. And I think Nightwing has his own title at this point, too. One of the things that a comic writer has to do is act as if somebody's going to be picking up this character in this book for the first time. Mm-hmm. So can you get out of it? You know, can you get something out of it? Now, I, I knew a little bit more because, um, like I said, Tim Drake, Tim Drake was one of my favorite characters. And... Tim Drake, one of the reasons I started reading Batman comics, mm. because um, I started collecting a little while after the first Batman movie came out in 1989. So I was like, I'm going to read Batman comics. And um, do you know the whole Dick Grayson becomes Nightwing? Do you know who Jason Todd is? Maybe. All right, Jason Todd was the second Robin. Oh, yeah. And the Joker killed him. Ah. Uh. So... My friend, a couple of my friends had some comics and they loaned me a couple of, uh, they loaned me the, the trade paperback of, of Jason Todd's death. It's called The Death of the Family. And they loaned me another storyline called The Lonely Place of Dying that was a follow-up where Tim Drake, who's a kid, knows who Batman is and knows who both Robins were. And he approaches Dick Grayson saying that, you know, Batman, because Batman basically has become more violent ever since Robin died. Mm-hmm. And... You know, eventually, you know, so he, he kind of teams up with Dick to, to, you know, kind of get Batman to, they have to face off against Two-Face, and it's a really, really good story, but basically, from there, it takes about a year or so, but there, Tim starts training to become the new Robin, and he becomes the new, the new Robin, so mm-hmm. I came in right around the time, maybe about a few months before he put the costume on, so my first issue of Batman comic that I bought with my own money off the stands was or one of them was where like, you know, his, his parents were rich and they got in a, they were taken hostage by this, this guy, his mother died and his dad, you know, his dad was really hurt. And then eventually like his dad bought the mansion next to Wayne Manor, which it's really, really convenient, but it kind of like, you know, they kind of manipulated things so that that it would happen. And there's actually a he, you know, he hints at that there's an underground passage from one house yeah. to the Batcave. Because he's like, I don't need to leave the house. Yeah. To, But, I mean, if I were him, I'd just lock my door and go out the window. Yeah. I mean, like... Yeah, although you, you can tell that... I think there's a couple of panels here. You can tell that, like, he probably was thinking about it, but you notice he got interrupted a couple of times. Oh, uh, yeah. Where, like, you know... Because, like, Dana, who's his dad's, like... She's going to basically become his stepmom at some point. Comes in to talk to him, and then... Um, the uh, then his dad comes in to talk to him, and I think that they have a maid too, and she would have come in. So it's one of those situations where he would have been caught. Like you know, they would have thought he was sneaking out. So he probably thought you know it's probably not that good of an idea. Yeah. Um, I didn't remember what had happened with his. He has a girlfriend at this point, Ariana. She's not in the book, but um, I hadn't remember what happened in the previous issue with that, and it wasn't until um the conversation with Dana where I realized is it started, it reminded me of it. I don't know why 
I'd have to go back and read them, but I don't have the issues yeah. anymore. I sold these a lot of these years ago. Um, so you like the story? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Although there was with uh, supervillains stealing things, if the police know who you are, if you have a track record, then a the bank's gonna notice that this even if you have a secret identity, the bank's gonna notice that this random guy or girl has come into a large amount of money right after a bank has been robbed. Or B, you're, even if you do get the money, the people at the store are going to recognize you. You can't really spend that. Mm. Well, I think that was the whole point of the um, the disguise. And I would imagine that so criminals have... Because this guy's not a supervillain. He's more of just like a, a crook uh. who's on the FBI's most wanted. So it's not like he's the Joker or Two-Face or somebody. Yeah. But um, they have a way of... Criminals have this way. They call it money laundering where they... Th I don't even know how it works. You basically give the money to somebody else and they do something with it so it can't be traced back to you. Oh. So it's probably what he what he would have done with it. But um, mm -hmm. the thing is that, uh, you know, and the bank people might not recognize it. And the, the I think he's saying the police didn't necessarily catch it. But that's the thing that Tim realized. Yeah. That, you know, the pregnant woman thing was something this guy had done before because he's a really good detective. What about the art? The art, I really liked it. Um, I liked the amount of detail in when his dad is yelling at him. Mm -hmm. I just find it hysterical that he just rips the TV out of the wall. Yeah, although, although this panel here on page, oh, there are page numbers, page 16, where his dad, like, realizes that he's watching the TV right before he rips it at all. It's like total crazy phase. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of hysterical. Yeah. Though. Yeah, although the TV ripping the TV out of the wall is pretty funny. That's an old TV too. It has a tube. Yeah. And that would also that's actually kind of more of a loss for his dad cuz he's going to have to pay for that. Yeah. Looks like he, I can't tell if he snapped the cord or if he just ripped the cord or if you know, no he he snapped you know, the cord. He snapped Okay, so that's the that's the plug. Uh, that's the cable cord. Yeah, so, so he has just, to he just has to replace the coaxial cable. He just has to go to Yeah, that that's that's like a that's like a ten or twenty dollar fix. It's and, not he has to replace the whole television. And I don't understand why Tim didn't just go on his computer and look up the news. Well, it's the nineties. Oh. Uh, so remember that episode of Gumball nineties internet slow? Oh yeah. Yeah. So this probably this is nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, local news stations probably didn't live stream a lot of coverage of these sorts of things. You had to watch TV in order to do mm. it. So the other thing is like you know he, he didn't he didn't text anybody he was calling around and stuff it's definitely yeah. a, a 90s type of thing yeah and i was also just thinking like oh he could at least just like at least look up the news's website but then i but then i realized like right before you said that i realized oh they probably didn't update it as quickly yeah as yeah, they do gotta, now you gotta get used to that um so stephanie brown becomes is the spoiler she eventually becomes a bat girl um, and he, her and Tim do become boyfriend, girlfriend later on. Um, I'm trying to think of anything. I've seen that frog Twizzler ad so many <laughs> times before. Yeah, we'll get to those in a second. I do like this scene where, um, where Bruce tells him what happened. So, so we go from, this is one, actually one of the things I like. So his dad rips the TV out of the wall and Tim's basically stuck in his room with nothing to do. 
except at least he left the computer so he can kind of fart around on the computer, but he can't exactly follow this. So we get what happened from just cutting to Stephanie's house because Stephanie's basically watching it on TV. Yeah. Right? Because it's live. And then we cut to the next morning where Tim's being forced to mow the lawn, but he can't listen to his music. And Bruce, you know, the Bruce Wayne, the silly, stupid, idiot, rich guy. Yeah. Playing golf. You know, he's not actually playing golf. You know, we know that he's doing it on purpose so that he can, you know, it doesn't look weird that he's talking to his neighbor uh, or the kid next door. Just like, hey, neighbor, I've been yeah. lurking in the bushes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but, but what he does, it's a good way to get us to figure out, find out what happened in the story. Yeah. You know, because because um, we want to know what happened to the criminal and we get some, we get some good Batman panels in here. Um, and then, uh, and then we get this kind of recap. This is just setting up something for a future episode. Yeah. This crazy this general kid's kid. Fate. Yeah. Yeah. This crazy general kid. It's, it's, um, I remember it was, it was, he's kind of a cool villain. There, there's an old, the older story with him, the same writer wrote the previous story that I had read and it was, it was really good. There were a lot of uh, comics used to do this a lot when they had one story per issue like this where there might be a subplot or they wanted to set something up so that you can get to read a future issue. So they would do that as the, as kind of an epilogue. Um, before we look at the ads, what would you give as far as the writing is concerned? I'd give it an A. Okay. A plus around that. Yeah, I'd give it an A too. It's a solid, it's a good story, especially because Tim's never actually Robin Yeah. in the issue. So it's like, what do you do when you're, it's, it's a very realistic thing. Like, you know, you have a kid who's grounded and, you know, he's stuck. He can't actually go out. So like, how is he going to figure out how to, you know, how to solve this case without actually leaving his room? Um, and you I can also, tell how he's getting bored sometimes. I also love the art in this panel, how... They're all fighting, but these two guys are like, "Oh, damn it!" Yeah. Things so this is a this me. is a panel. This is on page twelve. So he calls every time he calls somebody. You see what they're doing. So when he calls um, the Batcave, Alfred, and this is a guy named Harold, who's kind of like a, a Mister Fixit type. They're working on what looks Fix like a, one of the Batmobiles, and um, Alfred's wearing an apron, but it's covered in motor oil. And then he talks about like where is Bruce and Bruce's fight and Batman is on a rooftop fighting against all these guys who are wearing masks that look like cats and birds and dumb duck. duck. Yeah. <laughs> and he sends them over the side of the building onto the it's like the top of an old time movie theater onto the top of like you know the marquee. But it says sudden impact yeah. as they're falling on top of it. Yeah, and so he takes them out and then he calls the huntress and the huntress is a is a female crime fighter in, in Gotham City and she is in what looks like a parking garage or, or like or, or a chop shop or some type of warehouse yeah no I think it's a chop shop is where people oh, yeah. take it's, stolen it's like cars to take shop. them apart so it's a chop shop and she's busting it up and uh, you see her just kind of knocking people around and everything. And you've got this one guy about to swing a pipe at her. This guy who's just like, oh, God, I have a wound. This guy who's about to stab her with a pipe. Mm. And this guy just looking at his hand like, oh, no. And this guy just standing here smiling like yeah. a doof. Well, I like this panel where she, there was an engine hanging from wires because, like, you know, they were going to put yeah. it in the car. So she kicked it and she knocked it into these guys. And then there's a really, really good punch. Um, yeah. And then with Steph, she's just at home on the on the phone and everything. So. Sitting on the kitchen yeah. floor. Well, no, I give the story, and I, I would give, a, what would you give the art? 
I would give it like an A plus. Yeah. It's really good in detail. Yeah. I give it an A minus. There are a few weird looking panels, some facial expressions yeah. here and there, but I do like I do like the sequ this sequence here where you like, just have a phone conversation going on and at least it's interesting. Or like right here where the blood is just sort of floating in his mouth. Yeah, yeah. So but that's a good that's a good shot yeah. of a punch too, so Yeah. So look at these ads. This is the mid '90s, so they're not as interesting to me. They're not as interesting as the ones from the '80s and the early '90s. We have a fold-in Cheetos. A Cheetos fold-in. Um, I was able to figure out the read without even folding it in. It says Monster Nacho flavor uh, because there's F L and then favor. So years ago, uh, they still kind of, I don't think they publish it anymore, actually. I think it's kind of going away. There was a magazine called Mad, Mad magazine. magazine. The back covers of Mad Magazine used to be a fold-in. So that's what this is. And I also have an adventure there's time. Chester that... Cheetah. I guess if you fold in, we'd see Chester Cheetah. I guess so. Although I didn't... I'm going to was... ruin the comic by folding it. Yep. You see Chester Cheetah. Yeah. Okay. Um... Although that's kind of odd to have a city with just completely... <laughs> There's a gorilla holding Tang. That's an, or, that's an orangutan. That's an uh, it's holding Tang. Oh, <laughs> Gorillas are a blackbird. An orangutan holding Tang. Dang. Tang is disgusting. <laughs> what does it taste like? It's a powdered orange drink. Ew. So it's not as thick and mucusy as Sunny D. Oh, God. But it's... Yeah. Sunny D is like... Like, it says original, sweet and tangy. Yeah. Like, that's not what I want my orange juice to yeah. be like. So, it's, it's kind of a, it's a powdered orange drink. I think astronauts used to, and then we have tangy taffy with this monster thing. What the heck? Introdu that's weird Wally watermelon. Wally wants all 7,000 of your taste buds. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's more than 7,000 taste buds for a little game of Duck Duck Goose, which has nothing to do. <laughs> taffy. But any other taffy is just plain lame. Oh. I mean, I only have Laffy Taffy for the jokes inside yeah. to add to my bad pun collection. Can I read the um, description thing? Yeah, so it's... Alright, so this is um, Kem Kamenity, who was, uh, at the time was playing for the San Diego Padres, and it's a 3D image of him making a play... Like diving for what looks like a ground ball. That's Actual skipping. cards not shown. Yes, <laughs> and uh, and so he's kind of coming out of the card and it says awesome. So what does this say? Is this cool or what? Many of the biggest names in the game are coming at you. Twenty nine collectible cards, each with two sided, in your face, multiple dimensionality. Only fifty nine cents each with the purchase of any entree and non alcoholic beverage. This offer available from. Six twenty six seventy nine or nine three seven seventy nine. I'm not actually going to say 97. the dates. Ninety seven, not seventy nine. Or while supplies last, only at Denny's. Awesome. Yeah. <coughs> <coughs> it's hard to do that voice. Yeah. Oh, Denny's. So you can basically get like a heart attack on a plate. You could also get a special Jackie Robinson's collector card celebrating the 50th anniversary of Jack Jackie Robinson breaking into Major League Baseball. It also so says... It's yes, actual cards not shown. And common sense served daily. Yes, Denny's is gross. <laughs> then there's a... There are a lot. There used to be a lot of baseball card ads in comic books. And this is for, um, like, all the game. Uh, it's like a general Major League Baseball card, baseball card ad. So you they say you can get... Um, 
you can get baseball cards from Donruss, Fleer, Pinnacle, Tops, and Upper Deck. Um, and you have... Tops is the only one that I'm pretty sure I've Tops is the only of. one that's around anymore. Yeah. All these other ones aren't around anymore. Because we had to do um, yeah. the fantasy baseball thing for mm -hmm. math. And yeah. um, it was actually pretty fun once we started playing games. Mm -hmm. But Tops was the type of cards that we used. And, like, I think the most recent stats were from, like, 2018. But that okay. that was in 2018. Yeah. <laughs> so... So yeah, Tops is the only Tops is always the biggest company, and it's it is the one that's still around. Um, and this has Kenny Lofton, who was with the Atlanta Braves at the time, looking um, against the red brick wall, and he's looking uh, looking in the direction of Mike Piazza, who at this point was at the on the LA Dodgers, but then eventually went to the Mets. And um, Kenny's saying, "I feel better knowing that Mike has my stolen base stats, so you can see he's not the only catcher I've embarrassed." And Mike's saying. Keep reading, Kenny. I'll give you something to do in the dugout after I've gunned you down. Because Piazza was a catcher. So he would throw him out for trying to steal. Then we have this. I looked this movie up. It's like a Disney Channel movie that from the 90s. That thing is terrifying. Yeah, it's called The Adventures of Gal Galgameth. I found the Disney... I found the DCOM. Um, well, Disney Channel. Mm -hmm. I found the list of Disney Channel original movies, uh -huh. all of them, and Zoog Disney Channel movies. I don't know what okay. those are. And I saw I saw this and like fifty versions, of like the Cheetah Girls or whatever. And one of them was like Xenon, <laughs> Child yeah. of the Twenty First Century. And well, I'm just like, this looks like a medieval adventure with this thing that kind of looks like um, I don't even know, like. Like this lizard, so imagine brown a lizard thing. So its body is like a potato. It does look like a potato. It's like imagine a baby with ninja with Ninja Turtle hands and legs, and then Photoshop. I guess a pterodactyl it, it, from the Land Before Time or something. Yeah, yeah. it does kind of look like they they they're kind of um, you see the live action TMNT movies from the early nineties. Yeah. It kind of looks like that. And so, yeah. And then it's like, I guess it's like kids in a, with, oh, young prince, a heroic creature, a magical adventure. These are the things that, see, I didn't get Disney Channel in the 90s, and I would have never watched this. I was too old for it. It's holding what looks like a spoon, but mm. at first I thought it was like a golf club, and I thought it was an ad for a mini golf course because I saw the castle in the background, and I didn't, and it said fun for the whole family, and I didn't actually read these things. Yeah, coming to a video store near you July 29th, it's also available on Laserdisc. Here's that Twizzlers ad with the frog using Twizzlers as springs. There's okay. a have a superhero summer. Stay at Best Western on the family plan and get a free Fujifilm's quick snack. Batman camera. Plus a couple of comics here, Batman and Superman. These are based on the uh, animated shows that yeah. were on time. But the camera, it's one of those disposable cameras. That would look like a cool camera, except for the fact that it has Best Western on it. Well, yeah, because it's a Best, best Western sponsor. But it, 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 has, it has Batman. I'm imagining another one has uh, Superman. Um, and then there's a Warner Brothers video ad for the movie Shiloh. I'm trying to figure out who the actress is, but I don't recognize her. And then uh, we have the letters page. I don't. There's somebody who wrote in from America Online, a 90s internet service named QD Pie. QD Pie. Uh, and then there is a Fruity Pebbles ad, color, 
colors so loud you dance to them, and all of these different dances that Fred and Dino are doing, including the it's how to boogie like a oh no it's it's it's, one, two, three, a, it's a six step. step way to how to boogie like a Bronto. Do you and want then, me to try no, to do it? No, I don't want you to try to do it. <laughs> Why not? Because we're not videotaping this. I know. Um, and then you basically. Uh, and then, and it, then it, it's all a play for Barney to grab Fred's fruity pebbles. Yeah, and it's like, um, go on your back quickly and touch your toes, and Fred's back is bad because haha. Yeah. It's old. yeah. <laughs> and on the back, you have a Six Flags ad. With this kid who is frozen. In yeah, this zero kid's gravity. like frozen. He's got floppy '90s hair, so it's flopping up, and he's jumping up. But at least the, he's in front of the Batmobile, yeah. so you see the Batmobile in the background and some of the coasters and stuff. I always have to imagine when I see these frames, frame pictures that they how quickly they had to take the picture and that the kid had to land perfectly. Yeah. So the, Unless the near, that's just a green screen. I've been to Six Flags. It's Six yeah. Flags Great Adventure in New Jersey. I've been there, but it's. I, there was a point in, in where it was just like there were a few rides you went on and the rest of it was kind of lame because the park had built been built like in the 70s and parts of it looked like it was from the 70s. I nearly threw up because of the fried chicken at King's Dominion. Yeah. Because it was like 50%. It was like 90% breading, 10% chicken, and like in that heat we made the stupid mistake of getting fried chicken. Yeah, you don't want to get full. Those are like those are the turkey legs at, yeah. at Disney World. Yeah. They look they look like they're really tasty, but I don't want to walk around with a turkey leg in like the middle of July or June or July in Florida where it's like in the 90s and humid. It's just really really hot out and gross. So should I summarize the event? Yeah, so we have a, so what comic did you bring for us? I brought quite possibly one of my favorite adventure time comics. It is issue number 74, and actually, I'm pretty sure the farthest back, farthest issue that I have going back is either 10 or 11. Mm -hmm. And then you have at least the first few in, in a trade, and I think 75 yeah. was the final issue uh, of yeah. the series. I think it was. All right. um, and then we have... Um, if you're not counting the mini-series okay. of Simon yeah. and Mars. So, Adventure Time was created, like, the show and the comic and the idea was created by Pendleton Ward. This was um, written by Connor McCreary, illustrated by George Mon... Mon... Monlongo. Yeah, it's Jorge. Jorge. Sorry. Jorge Monlongo, yeah. Um, colors by Mar... Marta Alejo and you because there's actually a part where so I'll get to this later but there's a part where it's all black and white but they change the material if you can feel it so that oh, you, can so you can actually color, color it like a coloring book oh cool yeah. and um letters by Mike Fioriento okay and so my favorite one of my favorite jokes in this first one is Hey Jake, come on. Peeps and I need another for Kick the Cobalt. Nah, it's too boring. What about Punt the Pegasus? Boring. Boot the Bugbear? Still alliterative and still boring. Gee, stop hating, Haiti Von Hatenstein. You called? Uh, no, sorry. I forgot you were there, Haiti. And there's this pastry. He's chocolate with chocolate icing. And he's in Lederhosen, I want to mm -hmm, say. And like a 
hat with the blue feather in it. And he's saying, this is what I hate. And then Jake's like, wait, I got a great idea for what you can do. No, you don't. And, okay, but. And so, so what's the actual, so that's, that's the opening joke, but what's the actual story? So the story is Magic Man steals Jake's idea for what they can do, which isn't much of a big deal. But then Jake's like, okay, I'll just figure out something else to do. And there's one funny thing where he's like, come on, Jake, we got to show Magic Man that he can just. Can't just steal other people's rangers. Matt, I don't care. I get loads of noggin bolts every day. I'm what you call easily inspired. See, that tree looks like broccoli, and now I have an idea for lunch. Fried chicken. <laughs> and then Magic Man's like, oh, well, I guess if you're so easily inspired, try coming up with an idea when I take all the colors. And then he goes, magic and hail. <laughs> oh, okay. And it's just rainbow. And then we get to the page where everything is black and white. And Princess Bubblegum is like, Magic Man, what have you done? Yeah, so yeah, so basically, and it looks like uh, most of the pages are black and white. And you can see my lame attempt at coloring Peppermint Butler. Mm -hmm. um, and like, Princess Bubblegum is like, I guess I could try to build an inspiration machine, and then she like, and then they high five, and she scribbles, and it's just a bunch of terrible doodles mm -hmm. that make literally no sense, so they have to go to the inspiration idea the network kingdom and they're talking about all these ideas for shows and they're like i got this idea it's super edgy it's set at an old folks home but there's a twist there's a twist it's this dog and this guy just talking oh there's a twist all right the nurses they're vampires i like it but can but could it be more of a procedural thanks mm -hmm. for help and then princess cockatoo <laughs> is helping them and he's and she's like you guys are the source for of quite a bit of our best material and then he and then the dog comes up he's like looking good boss love those press on wings and then she's like thanks william you're a doll sorry i have to get this go for pc uh and then like jake uh they they're looking through the files of all his ideas oh okay there's just this page with lemon grab. I don't even know how to describe it. It looks he looks like one of the three musketeers. Yeah, and then he's in a dress with and this. He's in a dress singing kind of like Jessica Rabbit from yeah. um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And then he's just in a dinosaur costume. Oh, it's like one of those like, inflatable T Rex yeah. costumes. And then he's like, dude. And then there's um, them uh, drowning. The Ice Kingdom and Marmalade, right. and then there's zombie dinosaurs, even though half of these are just herbivores eating the treehouse. And then there's this post-apocalyptic vampire cyborg thing. Mm -hmm. And then, like, he's- Jake's- Jake's starting to, like, die or whatever, because he can't get inspiration, so he's, like, coughing and sweaty. And then Jake and, um, Finn have an idea where they're just like, okay, we're just gonna fake accept it when Magic Man comes over. Kind of like dealing with a bully, not giving him a reaction, and Princess Bubblegum is off to the side in a bathing suit with this fanning <coughs> machine mm -hmm. as they're on the beach. Um, and then Magic Man kind of just explodes like barfing up all the color and then jake finds this box falls in the sky and he's like hey my idea i feel better already awesome man what was it this was my idea man this is junk let's go play check the chimera and then it's the guy from before saying looks like we got a winner mm. and then like it ends okay
So, I guess we'll start with the cover. So, Magic Man is in the center with this bag that he's squeezing color out of, and you can see Jake's puppies, or kids, mm -hmm. and everyone's being drained of their color slowly, including Lady Rainicorn, Lady, Lady mm -hmm. which is, if you haven't heard of her, she's basically... Okay, imagine a rainbow sausage mm -hmm. with four legs, a mane of blonde hair, but a really long sausage. Yeah. And it ends in a horse's head. Yeah, like a unicorn. Yeah, with, um, what's it called? A horn. And I think she's always speaking Korean. Oh, okay. Or something. And then you see Jake's pups. I don't remember this one's name, but he's sort of like a sausage-like one, but with Jake's head. Mm -hmm. A long beard, he's orange, and he has a tiny horn, mm -hmm. and a spell page, and he's sending a bolt of lightning at Magic Man, and Finn is behind, I think that's Jeremy, his okay. daughter, or something, who's using her hair mm -hmm. as, or that's I think it's all... Jamie, and then this one's teleporting, you can see her bottom half down here, oh, and then okay. this one, I think, I don't remember his name, he's just got this battle axe, a medieval flail, a dagger, a sword, he's wearing a beret, he's wearing a vest, and he's just, like, this little plump ball of a dog just running up to Magic Man, mm -hmm. and Finn's holding on to the one who's helicoptering, he's holding on to her leg with the Finn sword, yeah. not the Finn sword, like the classic um, orange sword, there's actually a side thing in an episode where Finn, like, part of his conscious turns into that sword. So okay. that sword is like him, in okay. a sense. So that's so what they call it. The what, what's, our grade, what's our grade on this? I'd give it an A+. I really like the cover, except for the fact that... Um, oh, yeah, and one of his daughters who does spells is giant in the background. Oh, okay, that's what that is. Okay. Yeah, so. and except for the fact that, like, it's just sort of... I don't know, it's just, you never really see this scene in the comic, and I know this happens a lot, but, like, his pups really aren't involved at all. That's true, although at least the magic man is kind of at the center, and you know he's yeah. the villain. Um, and Finn's there helping yeah. him, but, yeah. except for the fact that Jake's actually trying to get away, mm -hmm. like... Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, at least there's some there's some serious action here, so you know you're, they're going to be fighting him. Um, yeah. I would have liked it to maybe be a little more black and white. Yeah. I mean, not like the Robin. The Robin cover is kind of like the opposite, where it's like mostly black and white in one color, and then there's like, a, it, like the black and white is starting to creep in. But you can see so maybe, like his swords yeah, and stuff so are being it, drained. It, it, it's kind of it's kind of hard to catch the whole black and white thing just by the little, because it's the rainbow unicorn's tail and up through the adventure time logo but once you get past the adventure time logo except for where jake's tail is fading it's all color so although it would have been i also find like it would have been better if all the characters except for magic man were black and white and the background was still color yeah. or like the background was black and white and yeah. all the characters were color yeah um I'm gonna give it about an A minus just for that, where we had some criticism, but it's a really it, yeah. it, it it gets your attention though, it because it's got a lot of action. Um, so, what did you think of the story? I thought it was really good. Um, also, just because this was one of the I knew it was building up to the end mm -hmm. because after this, there's this um, series of comic books. I'm pretty sure where like they're going on this balloon hunt to find this statue. 
And then they put it together, and it's Hudson Abadir, which is Marceline's dad. Mm -hmm. And he appears, and then the last comic is about them defeating him. Oh, okay. Then they get into the um, Marcy and Simon thing, and Mm -hmm. then the uh, Adventure Time beginning of the end series. I really do hope they make one more side series before the whole comic thing ends. Yeah, I did like the whole black and white sequence, and I did like the Network Kingdom bit, because it's basically, like, it's supposed to be a satire of different, like, um, people who create television. Yeah, and, and the, there's how they come fake. Yeah, so there's oh, just really? basically, like, you know, where, you know, they're all, like, network executives, and they're coming up with, like, they're, they're, they're taking ideas, and they're, like, kind of, you know, here are all the different ideas, but it's kind of... Kind of like very, fan fiction. Yeah, or it's a variation of the same thing, so it's, like, you know, how about we do this, except we make this, this, and this. And, and then you see, like, Jake's chest of ideas, which is just yeah. kind of hysterical, because yeah. um, you can see what Finn and Jake are commenting, and I'll just read the comments for each of them. So for the Lemon Goblin, he's like, Dude, why did you think of um, giving the Earl of Lemongrab the tickle, a tickle trunk? Um, I don't know, man. I've never seen anyone act crazy pants when they're wearing them. All right, well, we'll try another one. And yeah. then he's like, Ew, Jake, you thought about dry- drowning the Ice Kingdom in marmalade? That stuff is gross. Well, to be fair, this idea was back when he was when the Ice King was being a real lobster claw. Now I'd probably only do something like butter. Yeah. So, well, I I think it's also supposed to be kind of like silly how like you know, um, just some people come up with crazy ideas or sometimes like you know ideas for shows when they're when they're for like networks are like really lame and stuff like that. In fact, I think they make like a cable joke at one point. Um, oh, he says so. So is this where all the good ideas go? And they say, no, no, that's the Cable Kingdom. We spent, we especially was more in gently used thoughts. In other words, they don't come up with anything original. They yeah. just basically rip off what's already there and change it a little bit. And there's also a joke that I like on this page where Finn's kind of got duck lips and his hair is all hanging out and he's got what looks like a shrimp cocktail. Mm-hmm. And um, he says... That's a great idea, huh? And the magic man goes, the best, and then explodes. Yeah. So, and then the ending is just kind of like, oh, here's my idea. Oh, this is kind of dumb. Let's move on. And I actually thought that was pretty funny because it really wasn't that big of a deal. It was just that the villain was, was under the impression that it was. Um, what do you give the writing? I think it was pretty good. I like. I still love the Haiti von Hatenstein joke mm-hmm. at the beginning. Yeah. Um, I, I agree, too. I'd give it about an A. Um, what about the art? The art was pretty good. Um, it's just when it was black and white in the Network Kingdom, it is hard, kind of hard to focus on things because when it's color, you can add a lot of detail. But when it's black, black and white, you can also add a lot of detail. But everything sort of blends together. Yeah, it's not gray. It is pure black and white. Although I, I really do like that they took advantage of the black and white and mixed them with the color. And when he, even though he kind of like vomits up everything or he bursts apart, it's not as gross. It's just kind of this literal explosion of color. It looks like Adventure Time as well. Yeah. Like they do a really good job of keeping this looking like it, but it's Although it's I'm, not like it's like a capture from the television show I'm, screen. It's, I'm going to grab an old comic, for example. You can see how the style sort of... Well, you've got a different. You've got a different um, artist. Artist. Well. No, this is a good artist for it. It, it. it really. It looks like Adventure Time. It does. It looks like an actual. It, it's. It's a comic that 
reads pretty well and doesn't feel like just kind of a watered down um, version of it. Like you'd actually enjoy reading this comic series as an Adventure Time comic, as opposed to maybe one of those comics that's um, like some of the Spider-Man ones you have are not necessarily that good. And like with the Adventure, you'd rather Time, watch the TV show. Yeah, like yeah. This the is the Adventure Time, Time comics. comics. You can tell that they have different artists because like. They change the styles a lot. Yeah. They usually have three mini comics, and it's really cool because, like, sometimes they're uber realistic and kind of weird. And there's always this the not so secret society, which looked cool in the ads, which is kind of funny because it's like, if you keep beating that, you'll turn into a piece of licorice. And they're like, mm -hmm. really? That would be so awesome. And it's red licorice, yeah. not black licorice. Well, Adventure Time Comics is an anthology book where it was like different short stories and people's interpretations. So I think that's what really worked for this. So yeah. overall, we gave the, the average on the Robin comic was about an A minus. And I think this was what, an A? An A, around right. an A, because um, we gave like an A minus mm -hmm. on the cover and like, uh -huh. um, like an A on the story. Okay. So tell me now, Adventure Time as a comic is pretty much ended um yeah. what are you reading let's see what we're reading right now um you are getting uh, there's a big hero six series that i don't think i don't know if it's still coming out or not what the tv show no the, it's comics wise oh um, i've never gotten one of the i, might, I think it's been solicited i don't think it's come out yet um you're getting young justice yeah which uh, is pretty good and both the Marvel Action Adventures and Marvel Action Spider-Man series. They're also making a Marvel Action Captain Marvel yeah. one. And you're still reading Scooby-Doo Team-Up and Star Wars Adventures. Yeah, Scooby-Doo Team-Up is a pretty good one to just pick up, read, and put down. Because they're sort of capsule. Mm -hmm. Okay. So what are you looking for? Like, what do you... What's your favorite, like, genre of, of comic book here? Because you, you read some superhero stuff, but you tend to read a different type of stuff, so... Yeah, um... I like a lot of stuff with the backstagers and, like, Lumberjanes, where it's just, like, oh, normal kids, like, working at a theater, but there's a magical twist. Like, in the backstagers, there's literally this whole dimension of the backstage, and time works differently, so mm -hmm. in... Can I... Should I have to say spoiler alert? Sure. So, spoiler alert, in one of the comics, um, well, I've... I think the trade. I don't want to say okay. trade. I don't know. Anyway, at one part point, they spend like two hours in the backstage because they have to do it. They have to get something really quickly before this big production happens. But it, when they get out, it turns out, out that they've spent two months in the backstage. Like they've been missing for two months. And that's just really cool because it's like, oh, how are they going to get out of this sticky situation? And then Lumberjanes I really like because... It's like at a summer camp. It's sort of like Gravity Falls. I know this probably came first. But like, um, mm -hmm. there's like all this weird stuff happening. And like, each chapter, it shows a badge. And then like, it's them trying to earn that badge. But then there's like, then something magical happens and it ties into the overarching storyline. You're reading the Amulet graphic novels too. And you have like all eight of those, right? So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know when the next one's coming up, but we'll look out for it. Um, yeah, I'm looking at. Um, I've got a lot of different. The the only DC book I think I'm getting right now is I've got the new Legion of Superheroes, 
one shot coming up, and I've got um, the Lois Lane series that's going on, but I'm not reading a lot of DC. Marvel's been publishing something called the History of the Marvel Universe that I've been that I've grabbed, mm. and it's really I've been really enjoying it. Um, our comic store just changed management. It got yeah. bought up by another store, and the new store <coughs> has an app called Comic Hub. Mm. where I can manage our pull list through this app, which is really cool. And they're moving. But it's still called Atlas Comics. Right? Well, no, it's now called Telegraph Comics. Because uh, the, the Telegraph Comics, you know, the one in the downtown mall, yeah. they bought Atlas Comics. Uh, so th they have two stores now. They have the one in the downtown mall, which is that really small one that has mostly graphic novels and trades. And then they have where we go. And then they're moving. They're moving down the road a little bit to a bigger store uh, next weekend. So, are we still going to be able to go there? Oh, yeah, we're still going to be able to go there. They're oh. just moving to a different shopping center. They're moving to the same shopping center where the bounce and play. But, yeah, no, so they're moving. In fact, they are having a moving sale this weekend. They're moving next weekend. So, that'll be uh, that'll be pretty cool. We'll have to go to their the grand opening if they, uh, if they decide to do anything really, really special. If, and if not, we can just go to see the store. That's true. Yeah, well, we will because we're still going to get our books there and everything. And then we're going to the comic convention in about a month and a half. Yep. And uh, and yeah, so I think Christmas is coming up. So, well, thank you for for coming on and and doing this. No problem. And uh, thanks, Paul, for for asking uh, asking me to to help out for Assistant Editors Month. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at popaff p o p a f f, and you can find my stuff at popcultureaffidavit.com. And uh, thank you very much for listening, and take care. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our show, and we hope you'll continue to join us each and every week for more good old-fashioned comic book back-issue awesomeness. You can contact Back to the Bins to leave feedback, comments, questions, suggestions, and criticisms via email at bins at twotruefreaks.com or by joining the Back to the Bins group on Facebook. Back to the Bins is a proud affiliate of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network which you may find at www.twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is a registered trademark of DiManzo Corps of Milan, Italy. All rights reserved. Please take a moment to stop by the twotruefreaks.com site and check out their many other fine podcasts, won't you? Thanks, and we'll see you next week.